welcome to Flea Flicker. I'm John. Before we get started, I'd like to say I hope everyone is staying safe out there, especially you, Chris. I hope you guys are staying inside and you and your families are staying safe. So before we go into introductions, I'll go over what this podcast is about and what you can expect to see out of a normal episode on the podcast. Basically, Chris and I, we're two former college roommates who love sports. We're always talking about sports, so we figured why not make a podcast while we're bored at home. Absolutely. We got nothing better to do, right? Exactly. So we're just going to go over things that are trending over the course of the week in sports, whether it be live events once they start happening or the latest headlines. So just to go into a little bit of an introduction, I'm John, obviously a huge sports fan. I'm a fan of the Cowboys and Yankees. So uh, yeah, that should be interesting once you hear Chris's fans. So Chris, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, how's it going? Uh, I'm Chris. I am a diehard New York sport fan. Uh, Yankees, Giants, Knicks, Rangers. Um, I've been fortunate to see a couple championships uh, in my lifetime, as opposed to John with his Cowboys, um, even though he did get to see the 09 Yankees World Series. That was a hell of a run. I was actually re-watching that the other day just out of pure boredom and I just it was funny as hell just to see some of these people coming in like out of the bullpen like they had um Damaso Marte and I'm like holy crap I completely forgot he was a Yankee uh, it, that that World Series was just so fun to watch just that entire team was absolutely awesome oh yeah I've also been watching some of the throwbacks even the 2016 World Series I was watching that last night and they had um Joe Madden and Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant on like a Zoom call during the game and just hearing how they felt during it, it was crazy. That and you could just you could see all the clubs were on like the edge of their seats. They really wanted that for the city. Oh yeah. Well I mean that World Series, I remember watching that freshman year in your room and we had we had uh econ the next morning and it went into the rain delay and we're like, Oh, there's no way we're getting up at for this eight AM tomorrow. But it was that was such a good World Series. Um the entire the entire series, um, the storyline, even just it was great for Chicago finally get the World Series with the Cubs and whatnot. But that was just so fun to watch. Yeah, and I didn't know that Anthony Rizzo actually kept the ball. I thought that was kind of Oh, funny. did he really? I I'm didn't just, know that. Yeah. He kept it, and then they asked if he still had it, and he said he gave it back to – or he gave it to ownership, which obviously yeah. is the right call. No, they 100%. They that team up. 100%. But that was smart. This way, like, the Baseball Hall of Fame or anyone doesn't try to snag that away from them. Yeah. They'll have that forever in Wrigley. Yeah. No, that's awesome. That is awesome. So, obviously, there was a pretty big sporting event, finally, this weekend, um, the match. I watched it. I know you were in Pennsylvania, so you were following on your phone. So I wanted to see uh, how you felt about the match, watching it. Well, not watching it, but following it on your phone rather than actually watching it. Yeah, uh, I was up camping with my friends on Memorial Day weekend, um, and I was just following the match on my phone, um, just seeing some of the clips. I saw Tom Brady make that incredible eagle shot, um, which was pretty impressive. And at the looks of that, you're like, hey, maybe I missed something good. But from what I what I was reading, he really didn't perform as well as he does in uh, in football, that's for that's for sure. Yeah, it was it was kind of funny seeing someone who's does so well in one sport not succeed in something. You could see that he was just like the average person playing golf, where he, like he was counting how many strokes and such. Whenever he would miss, he'd show his frustration 
even ripped his pants, which I'm sure a lot of golfers have done in their days. <laughs> and despite all that, he still is so calm and collected, having a good time, still talking trash, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, no, and I mean, I thought it was perfect just seeing some of the clips of them, of Brady and uh, Manning just chirping at each other. Um, I absolutely loved uh, when they were they were warming up and Peyton was talking about, I don't should I have brought Eli, should I have brought Foles? And he finally got a reaction out of Brady. It, it was pretty funny. Those two are those two are hysterical. Um, I remember I'm a I was watching the Peyton's places with Brady when they were talking about it, and they were just do, teeing off at Jim Nance's house and whatnot, and just the chemistry between the two was absolutely hysterical. You could tell they are just such competitors. And but they just love to have a great time, which is awesome. Oh yeah, for sure. And speaking of Peyton, I was seeing online that some people think that he did this partly to show what he can do as like an announcer, which I think would be smart. He definitely put on a great show. He he's usually the more quiet one on the field, but he definitely had some good digs at Brady, which I thought was nice. Yeah, it will be interesting. I could see him more as a. Uh in the studio kind of guy with the color commenting, it would be a little bit different, but I also was skeptical when Tony Romo kind of took over. So you never know. There's always room to go in there. I know a lot of people thought that Manning would take more of a ownership or front office side, but I would definitely be very interested to see if Peyton lands or either with CBS Fox or ESPN for football. Yeah. I think it would be absolutely hysterical. Oh yeah. Especially if it's ESPN him against Romo, that's going to be like the new rivalry, uh, yeah. but except in a booth. Yeah, that would, that did would you be huge. S- yeah. Did you see the what Phil Mickelson said today about another, the, quote unquote, the match? I did. It was MJ and Curry, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would, that would be awesome, especially to see Jordan. Um, I know it's ever since the, the last Dance documentary come out, he's been all the rage. Um, and that was that was just such a fantastic documentary. It was so well done. Um, and just someone who obviously, you know, I was <laughs> months old when this was all going down in 98. So I heard the legend from, you know, my uncles and my father about Michael Jordan and all that. But finally being able to, you know, see it on a documentary like that and then, um, you know, hear his perspective on everything. It, it was a lot different. Um, I definitely have a different outlook on kind of how the Bulls were. And, you know, you look back at them in history at this great team, and then you hear about how they all think Horace Grant leaks stories um, to the media and stuff like that and how Scotty I, – I can't believe what Pippen did. I would never uh, heard of that before, how he just basically said, yeah, I don't want to go back in um, in that game. I was like, that is insane. You know, you only hear great things about Pippen, how Jordan and Pippen were the, you know – greatest thing ever in the NBA. It's just amazing to see that, yeah, they were human. They did have their problems going on. So it's insane. Did you think that MJ having a say and ultimately being, quote-unquote, like a narrator in the documentary kind of swayed the audience to think a certain way? Because I know there's been some speculation where, as far as Team USA, he said in the documentary that uh, Isaiah Thomas – being on the team would not have influenced whether or not he joined. And then this week it came out that he said in a podcast, I believe in 2011, that he wouldn't play if Isaiah Thomas was on the team. Do you think that – I know you're an avid documentary watcher. Yeah. 
So did you feel like it was kind of one-sided and it wasn't telling the whole story or do you think that people are just blowing this out of proportion because it's no MJ? i think i think definitely think it's a little one-sided uh mainly because it is mj and he's been so closed off um i know um they had the jordan rides the bus documentary on espn um during one of the weeks i was watching that and they had just excerpts from michael jordan i guess talking to the press or in other documentaries or whatnot, but there really was no, it was weird because it was a Michael Jordan documentary without Michael Jordan in it, essentially giving his kind of commentary on it. Um, so that's why I thought it was going to be really interesting watching the last dance. Cause he was actually there and him talking about his stint in minor league and whatnot. Um, you could definitely watching the Jordan rides the bus documentary and then going and watching the last dance episode where he, they were talking about his, uh, minor league stint you could definitely see some lay are overlapping with that you know they had their uh hitting coach from birmingham they had tito on there um so you definitely saw that but i definitely think there was a hundred percent some bias in that you know jordan's whole idea of doing this was just i think to basically put an end to the whole jordan lebron comparison not comparison because they're always going to be compared but i mean i think he wanted to just still instill in everyone's mind that he is the goat no matter what um so i think he went into this thinking okay i gotta make myself look you know as as high and powerful and i'll do anything to win and whatnot so obviously there's stuff different sides of every story and whatnot but yeah overall i i definitely think that there are more than more than what uh jordan was telling us yeah, I definitely agree with that. And now I think it's interesting seeing how many documentaries are coming out. I know ESPN this upcoming Sunday is releasing the second episode of Lance. And then it's the Sammy Sosa versus Mark McGuire. Oh, I can't correct? wait for that. Mm -hmm. And now it came out that Tom Brady's having a documentary come out. Is it late this year or early next year? Um, what are your thoughts on that? I personally feel like it's a little premature considering he's still going to be playing and not a lot of people are going to want to speak about him until they're done playing and he's done playing. Yeah. I, I personally, I'm more of a fan of docu documentaries after the fact. Um, obviously everything kind of going on in his, his career right now, he's in the twilight of his career and you know, whether or not he'll win another championship, that's to be determined. We'll see how his, you know, his, he fits in that, Bruce Arians offense down in Tampa. Um, so, but, you know, I definitely think it will add to it. Um, knowing that it's coming out in 2021, I'm assuming it's only nine episodes, correct? Not compared to the last dance, which was 10, right? So I definitely, yes. I definitely think they'll be filming that, that 10th episode. Um, and you know, if there's somehow a magical run with this Buccaneers team, with Gronkowski back and everything like that. I definitely think you could see that coming at a later date. Um, I personally, like I said, I'm not really a fan of documentaries leading up to like the present. I kind of just like open the book, close the book, not kind of leave it open and then watch what happens. That's me personally. Um, so, but you know what, you know, you know, damn well, I'm going to be watching the entire thing as soon as it comes out. Um, you know, I can't get enough of these documentaries, especially with sports to that or it's KBO baseball, which, you know, it's, it's great, but KBO baseball is great and all, but you know, you miss the MLB and you miss actual sports and whatnot going on. So hopefully we'll get back to that soon. But for now, the documentaries are nice. Um, 
I didn't get a chance to watch the Lance Lance 30 for 30 yet, uh, which is surprising because normally I'm on top of those pretty well. I'm pretty sure I've seen every single one. I'm work, currently working my way through the 30 for 30 shorts. Um, so I'll definitely watch that. But I'm, I'm so excited for the uh, Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire one. Um, I think that one's just going to be absolutely spectacular. Oh, yeah. And I think the whole success of The Last Dance and how ESPN did a great job of marketing it and creating the hype, you're going to see a lot of documentaries come out sooner than certain companies wanted them to, just to kind of ride the wave of the documentaries where while there's no live sports, we can get something about sports that can get some viewership and the last dance broke every record that it could, which I think was insane. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, you take the fact that there's no sports going on and people are kind of starving for new content compared with the fact that everyone's just enamored with this Bulls team, you know, that won six championships, two three-peats. Um, it, was, it was a formula for success, and I think that's what ESPN's trying to replicate with this Tom Brady one. Um, obviously, when it comes out, hopefully we're not still all in quarantine. Um, you know, and real sports will be back and it will be, feel a little bit more like, you know, what we are used to. Um, but I'm I'm definitely excited for it. Yeah, sticking to football for a second. I know there's one thing that you're dying to talk about, and that's regarding my Dallas Cowboys and Dak Bro, what is he doing? That we're in. What is he doing? I mean, I Dak's okay. I, is it the O-line? I do think Dak is a good quarterback. I think he is a starter in the NFL. And I understand how the NFL works, where if you are a franchise quarterback, no matter whether you're, you know, good or not good or bad, but whether you're kind of the back of the line of your franchise quarterback, but if you might be on a bad team compared to all the way up to like the Aaron Rodgers of the world and whatnot, I understand you're going to get paid that, that high money. When it's your turn, you're going to become the next highest paid quarterback because that's how it works. It happened with Matt Ryan, it happened with Aaron Rodgers and all that. Um, I think the only one that comes to mind that probably deserved it, but didn't get it was Tom Brady. Um, but that's for obvious reasons of he was trying to he build a winner and whatnot. Um, so, and I understand where Prescott's coming from, and I understand that's how the league usually works. But I mean, it, he got offered thirty-five million dollars to play quarterback for the America's team. I cannot believe he did not take that. I cannot believe he did not take that. Now I know there were reports that possibly that wasn't true, and that he's looking for forty-five millions. Whether or not that's just a rumor, or if that's what he's actually looking for. But you got to get a deal done. I mean, given Amari, you gave Amari, what, $100 billion in the offseason? You just paid mm-hmm. Zeke. You're paying your guys on defense with Jalen Smith and Vander Esch. You know, you had to let Byron Jones go, um, which I think out of everyone on that defense, I, I agree with that decision. Um, the way the cornerbacks kind of work in this league, I think it was smart to pay Smith and Vander Esch. But you got to lock up Prescott and – it just seems like he's Prescott's going to be asking for more and more and more. And as as a Giants fan, I would absolutely love to see him get locked up. Um, just because then I know that's going to financially hurt the Cowboys in years to come. Um, and with the Giants being so young um, and having a lot of guys on rookie deals, it will, you know, give us a lot of, a lot of cap to go do what we can. Um, 
But man, I just saw that and went, "How, man? I understand you're the you're theoretically the face of the NFL, right? The cowboy, uh, the quarterbacks for the Dallas Cowboys. But thirty five million dollars trying to get another ten a year, it's it's unreal, man. Yeah, I don't know. And as much as I like CD Lamb, I knew that that first round pick that's gonna only force us to pay him because now we have all these wide receivers. We're not gonna want the quarterback of the future for the Dallas Cowboys being some rookie trying to be on, get on the come up and build his uh, mark in the NFL. Mm-hmm. You're going to want someone who has proven success. And although he doesn't have playoff success, or even last year, he didn't have success against good teams, he definitely has shown that he can throw the ball. But I do agree that he should not be paid this much. And from what I've seen, he wants four years. We want to lock him up for five years. So I don't know. Troy Aikman said this week that he sees the deal being done in July around when, and that's when uh, deals for quarterbacks, I guess, usually get done. I know it's only going to be a matter of time. I'm just worried to see how much we pay him because if we pay him, like you said, we're not going to be able to pay everyone else and we're going to have some really good players walk. Yeah. And that's, that's when you enter that rebuilding stage. You know, that's that's the tough part of trying to trying to always stay on top is when you get a championship caliber team with stars, you know, they all want to get paid what they feel they're worth. Um, and unfortunately, everyone can't get a piece of the pie. Um, it, some people got to walk, like I said, Byron Jones. That's why that New England's been so successful for such a long period of time is that they've just been able to find the pieces for for small amounts of money um that formula seems to have been working for them um it will be interesting to see how it works now with brady out of the picture um rolling with stidham it looks like but we'll see you never know cam newton's still out there um who the hell knows what new england's gonna do yeah going back to the cowboys i was at first i was very skeptical of the andy dalton signing but now that that I think about it, I think that was a really good deal. We got him for very little money, which I was very surprised about. And I don't think that he's coming for Dak's spot. But if Dak does get hurt, we now have a reliable backup. And I think he's definitely a good leader to have, especially in that QB room, where where Dak Prescott may not have as much experience as Dalton. Dalton can kind of make up for that for him and kind of teach him how to become a better QB. Yeah. At this point, I think I think Dalton's got nothing to lose, right? I could see Dalton going out in the in the uh, preseason and just lighting it up, um, and I think that's bad for Prescott. And I I my prediction is that's when a deal is going to get done. Of Prescott's going to have that oh crap moment, you know what I mean, and be like, okay, they got someone who he might not be as effective as me, but it's not going to be that far of a drop off. Um, now I understand Andy Dalton. I would ha- rather have Dak Prescott than Andy Dalton. Um, but if Dalton goes out there and surprises everyone with weapons like Zeke and a great offensive line, which is one of the things he's been lacking in Cincinnati. Um, obviously I know they took Jonah Williams last year, but he was hurt. Um, so it, it will be interesting to see. Um, I definitely, I definitely see the Cowboys getting a deal done with Dak though. Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time and, who's willing to budge, which I personally think the Cowboys are going to budge before Prescott does. But it definitely should be an interesting season. And speaking about the upcoming season, uh, the NFL 
saying that they're going to have full stadiums this season. I think it's personally absurd to uh, think that. No chance. Considering I don't think so. With the season only a few months away, and especially with the talks of a second wave coming, I think they're just trying to keep the fans hopeful and keep themselves in the news. But if they can get full stadiums, I'd be very happy because that's what helped make football what it is, especially the NFL with the fans. So an empty stadium is definitely going to be weird. But at the same time, I think you'd hear more of the trash talking, which I think would be interesting. Oh, I, I agree. I think in more more of the states who have been more pro-reopening, I could see that being more of a more of a sellout, but I would be very surprised if everywhere you're getting, you know, full stadiums. Um, we're in a new day and age, and until a vaccine comes out, a proven vaccine, um, I I don't think that stadiums will be able to to operate at full occupancy. Um, I personally think the best bet, I know that the NFL is going to lose out on revenue, but I mean, they still have the TV money. I think your best bet is to, you know, attempt to play in front of, in front of just empty stadiums. That's my personal opinion. I'm just trying to keep everyone safe now, or unless you just restrict the amount of people where you do it, you know, if there's 10 seats in a row, obviously I know there's not for majority of stadiums, but if there's only 10 seats, you only sell five of them and you got to, you know, be a seat's length away from each other on both sides. I feel like that's a way to do it just to drive ticket sales and whatnot, but it, it's going to be so, so hard. And I think even if the NFL does come out and say, yep, we're doing full buy your tickets now, when I think people, some people are going to be hesitant to go. Um, and I think they're going to be like, listen, we got our sports back. I'll watch it on TV with my friends while we're sitting six feet apart, um, making sure that everyone's safe and healthy. Because, you know, you know, if there's a major outbreak and it was funny, I was watching SVP yesterday on SportsCenter and he was talking about how Rody Gobert essentially shut down America's sports just because he got got the virus. Um, and all, all it's going to take is just one one person in one section and all of a sudden an entire section is gonna you know if an entire section tests positive then everything we're back to square one again that's the scary part about it so i think it's kind of an unrealistic expectation to say oh we're gonna be open for business full occupancy every ticket's on sale um like i said there's ways that they could probably get around it to where they can get fans in the stadium um, but until we get a vaccine that's proven and that works, I, I think that we're going to see modified modified kind of sports, if you will. Yeah, I definitely agree. And especially with the other pro sports and how they're coming out with their plans, it seems like they're, they want to play in front of no fans at all, which is definitely going the safe route. So I feel like once those sports leagues start up again, the NFL is going to be forced to come out and say either we're going to be at limited occupancy or no occupancy just because they need to have the fans in mind because the fans are what helps run that league. And if you have an outbreak in one of the stadiums, the NFL is now at fault and they're going to be looked at as selfish and the owners are only thinking about themselves. Yeah. Um, I know with uh, the Bundesliga starting up back up in Germany, um, they had players test positive. Um, it said 10, 10 new, uh, positive cases or whatnot coming back to play. Um, 
so that's that's crazy. And even with the testing and even with social distancing and whatnot, um, they still haven't been able to get it completely out of the league. So it's definitely definitely interesting to see how they're gonna, you know, work back into this and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. And speaking of the other leagues, we might as well talk about what they plan on doing and what we think about it, starting with the NBA and Disney World. Personally, I think it's a great idea. And it came out today that they're even considering allowing some of the players' families to stay with them, which I think is great. Uh, Obviously, the family's safety has to come into play, and they have to really make sure that those players are nowhere in contact with anyone in Disney which I think is practically impossible unless you <laughs> shut down a part of the area in Disney. And I'm sure the players are going to want to go into the parks, like especially for like marketing deals. I'm sure the marketing, whatever marketing team uh, they signed with, they're going to want them to do like player appearances of some sort. So I think it, there's definitely a lot of hurdles, but if there's one place that uh, we could play in, I think it's definitely Disney especially because of the ESPN Wide World of Sports. I saw that they recently renovated it where everything that they need is in that facility as far as like announcers tables, practice arenas. Um, The only thing is the hotels. That's going to be one big hurdle because they need to, they're going to need to completely like shut down a part of the hotel, which I think is going to cause a lot of outrage with avid Disney goers. Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's a good idea. Um, just to get sports back, and we're seeing a lot of the the pro pro leagues going more towards that hub. Everyone plays in one city or two cities. Um, I definitely think that if the NBA is going to do this, I think that they should just go straight into the NBA playoffs. Personally, um, just because you're so far along in the season anyway, um, I know my Knicks aren't going to make it no matter what. I had a nice surprise yesterday when uh, the NHL announced that their playoff format, which we'll, we'll get to later. Um, but I definitely think it's a good idea. Um, that risk is obviously always there of having everyone go down there. And it's more than the players. Um, you know, it's everyone associated with putting on an NBA game. Even if there are no, no, uh, nobody in the stands, you still got to think about the production crew um, to put it on television and, all the other staff and whatnot um, to make sure that the players are, you know, are healthy and all that. So it's definitely, definitely an option. I would absolutely love to see it. Um, I think that basketball itself is at at a high right now because of coming off the last dance. So I think if the NBA rolls out, rolls out a plan right now um, to kick it back up, it, it would be very, I think it would be very successful. Um, on television but yeah it, it will be interesting to see what the NBA will do yeah I'm really curious to see what they do as far as hotels because there's depending on how many teams they decide to have continue playing if they don't do a regular season which I saw Damian Lillard came out and said that there's talks they're gonna just have meaningless games to fill like TV rights and how he's gonna sit so I'm curious to see what they do as far as playoffs and how many teams there are. And even if they have to limit the rosters, because those are going to be hotel rooms that need to be reserved. And I don't necessarily think that Disney has enough hotels to feed the demand for the NBA. Then the MLS is thinking about playing there and 
there may be a high demand for people going to Disney once they open in July, which is around the time that the NBA wants to start up. So it's definitely going to be something to keep an eye on over the next couple of months. Oh, 100%. I know you touched on it earlier with the NHL. Congratulations to your Knicks. Rangers. Um, the 20... 20- Rangers, <laughs> sorry. Um, um, the 2014 playoff thing, I think, is nuts, especially seeing the matchups and how there's going to be a round-robin for seeding. So although the Bruins had the best record in the league, they could not have the number one seed. I think that's crazy. And especially with one of the hubs being in Vegas or potentially being in Vegas, I think it's definitely going to be one of the Stanley Cup playoffs that will be remembered for a while. Yeah, no, I my favorite playoff out of any any sport is is the Stanley Cup playoffs just because it's so exciting. Um, but you know what? It's going to be so interesting to see what happens with this because it's so many teams and it's unreal. And I, I have really low expectations for the Rangers um, just because of the season we're having. We're still in that kind of uh, rebuilding phase. Um, so it was, it was quite a surprise when they rolled out the uh, 2014 playoff. I was like, I think the Rangers made it and went and looked. And I'm like, oh, my God, we did. Um, so it, it, it will be interesting to see. Um, I'm not really a fan of the round robin idea, um, mainly because I feel like you're just adding games. Um, now I, you know, I kind of look at it two ways. I, you're adding games and it's kind of putting the players more at risk and whatnot, but at the same time, they've been off for what a month and a half now. So they're going to need Mm -hmm. some sort of games to get back into. Um, but then again, you look at it and go, okay, well, when you're playing in these playing games, even though it's a best of five, these these teams are just doing their normal practices and then they're getting right back on the ice. Um, so it kind of goes both ways. I personally, um, I don't like that idea. I think that due to the circumstance, they should have just did it based on what the standings were right now. Um, but then the problem you run into is that you got to remember it. And this goes for the NBA too. Uh, these playoffs take forever because of the the breaks in between. So it'll be in- interesting to see how the schedule kind of works out. Because um, I know they go they go from what the late April to to normally June, right? Is when the finals are. Um, so it's yeah. it's a it's a long process. Um, being an indoor sport, you can get away with it more. Um, where where baseball is kind of kind of sol on that aspect of going into more of the winter months um but i'm i'm really excited i think it will be interesting to see um and i i definitely think it would be interesting i kind of hope that no one gets seriously hurt on these teams that are playing in the round robin and just these seeding games um because i feel like that that wouldn't be fun um to just see a major injury happen and the game essentially doesn't matter it just determines you know whether or not you're going to get home ice down the down the stretch, um, but it, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, hopefully my Rangers will. I that was the, a big problem with the Rangers. They were getting hot kind of towards the end before this all kind of went away. Um, and I know we were we here in uh, Jersey, New York area, we're we're thinking, is there a possibility they'll squeak in? Um, I kind of was was thinking, now nah, they probably won't get in, but it's a good good thing so but it will be interesting to see i would be 
going crazy if Henrik Lundqvist just comes back and turns into just the Henrik Lundqvist of old. Um, I know, I know he wasn't injured, but he was barely, barely playing. You could tell his time in, in New York, he's kind of getting towards the end, uh, due to his age. Uh, but I just think back to the, the last couple runs where we made the Eastern conference finals in the, in the cup. Um, and unfortunately lost to the Kings and then the, the lightning, but I just thinking about that Lundquist was just so amazing during those series, during those two playoff runs. And it would just be absolutely amazing just to see him kind of lock in and be like, okay, it's the playoffs time to get serious kind of thing. That would just be awesome. So even, even if I just hope the, the Rangers series goes five games against Carolina, um, just gives me something to watch, put on my Rangers jersey and get excited about. Um, but We'll we'll see how it goes. I'm not expecting much, so that that usually means that I could be in for a surprise. Yeah, I'm really curious to see which teams come out hot and which teams don't. Because so I think this could be the year where a team like the Rangers that wouldn't make the playoffs in a normal playoff bracket, they could possibly even win the Stanley Cup just because it's going to be who starts getting hot and who just rides that hot wave yeah. Until the end, and there's I think there's there's definitely going to be some upsets where a team such as the Bruins, who are the top in the league right now, I could definitely see them going down. And like you said, with injuries, it's a little scary, especially if you're the Bruins. You're the that's the team that everyone wants to beat. And if someone such as Pasta um, or Tuca gets hurt, that could completely change the series. Especially if they get hurt in the round robin, then that team that has to play them uh, from the play-in game that team now could have an advantage. So it's definitely going to be interesting. I'm very yeah, excited and to see. Yeah, even, even if, going back to the NBA, um, I know there was there's a lot of talks of what happens if the Nets, you know, are in this their, this modified playoff that the NBA is going to roll out. And what happens if Kevin Durant is, is healed from his injury? It, you know, then does that make – I feel like that would make Brooklyn a lot – even though they're they're going to be a lower seed, I feel like that makes them dangerous, especially with with Kyrie Irving, to, you know, coming off of you know a month break or a month and a half break. That would just be such so interesting. I know I'm a Knicks fan, but I would be watching the Nets just to see Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in a Nets uniform taking down, you know, some of the NBA's best teams. So it will be it will be really interesting to see. But then again, it's the same thing of. What happens if another catastrophic injury happens in the NBA? Um, I know that there's talks about that them maybe finishing a couple couple of games or just having some kind of warm up games and whatnot. But it's it's going to be interesting to see once we kind of get to July. I feel like we're going to start seeing sports again, um, and I'm excited for it. Yeah, the one sport that I'm very nervous about is the MLB. It seems like as every day that goes by there's more bad news about it the latest being the mlb owners uh sending out a um, proposal where there'd be more salary cuts i actually have the numbers um a player who's making 35 mil would make 7.84 a player who's making 30 mil would make 6.9 mil a player who makes 25 mil makes 6 mil and then a player who makes one million makes four hundred thirty-four thousand. So a lot of fans are upset because it seems like the owners are trying to divide the higher-paid players against players against the lower-paid 
a lot of people who are in the minors on the brink of making the MLB, which I think could cause a very big war because the stars are going to be the ones that obviously people watch the games for. And if they're not a part of it, then if they're not getting what they feel is right, then they're not going to want to play. And then the lower paid players are going to want to cash in because they'd only be losing half of their salary and they still get to play baseball and make money. So I'm definitely curious as well as definitely nervous to see what happens. And I really hope it's not a case of the quote unquote replacements where all the younger minor league or low tier MLB players are playing this season. Cause I know as an avid baseball fan, I would not want to watch that, especially with a team like the Yankees, obviously both of our favorite teams, not seeing judge and Torres playing and seeing the like Kagashioka and Tyler Wade starting for us, that definitely yeah. would not be as fun. Then it, then it turns into, you know, if you bring up minor league players, it turns into who has the best farm system. Um, and you're you're basically just watching minor league minor league talent play on the major league level, which it, it would it, obviously it would be interesting, especially with the day and age we're in where nothing really else is going on. Um, I know I, I've been, mentioned before, I was been watching the KBO, um, you know, and you see players out there like Altair, who was in the MLB and whatnot, and you're just, you know, you're so hungry for it because this is the time of it. It's funny because I was talking with my sister um, and she came up to me and she's like, what do you want for your birthday this year? I go, I don't know why. She goes, well, normally I just get Yankee tickets, but obviously I can't do that this year. And I was just like, holy crap. That's right. Like we would be in that point because normally, normally during the season, right? The Memorial Day weekend's kind of the gut check of like, okay, are you are you in it? Is your team in it? Is your team gonna be somewhat decent this year? Um, so it's just crazy to see. I honestly, unless something miraculously happens where the owners decide to to budge and whatnot, I could possibly see baseball not happening. I hope it happens. I really do. Um, but I, I could see that not happening. I know the players are very adamant about, you know, wanting to get their money and rightfully so. Um, I get the whole argument of, well, you're not going to be paying a full se- playing a full season. We're paying you for a full season. Um, but it is what it is. That's the way it it's in. Um, the way I look at it is you're paying them for that year. Right. And that I, I don't know how the contracts work and whatnot, but, like, when they do stuff on behalf of the team and whatnot, I could see that kind of factoring into it. You are with that team for that year and whatnot. Um, so, but like I said, I get both sides of the argument. I, uh, I like I said, I hope we get baseball. I really do. I really want to see Garrett Cole pitch and just absolutely dominate mm-hmm. for the Yankees. Um, you know, I was very hyped and made a very bold prediction. Uh, when the Yankees signed him, I said that we just won the World Series, um, which my roommate, who is a Boston Red Sox fan, said, you just jinxed it. Now the Yankees won't win the World Series. Um, I did not. When he said jinx, I was hoping that if there was a jinx, it would actually be the Yankees not winning the World Series, not no baseball in general. <laughs> um, so, yeah, if it comes down to it. Yeah, so it's my fault. Um, Garrett Cole signed with the Yankees. I scream Yankees won the world Se- are going to win the world series. And now we don't have baseball. So you're welcome world. Um, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> but uh, it will just be interesting. And the other thing that's really interesting to think about is 
what happens with all the players on one-year deals, right? They just become free agents. So then, the, especially for the Yankees, then you roll into, well, are you going to resign Paxton? Are you going to resign Tanaka? Um, and then you look out in L.A. and you see L.A. make this this trade and give up some of their some good prospects for Mookie Betts. And then Mookie Betts is never even going to put on an L.A. uniform. If if the count if this counts, I believe it is. It will. Um, but it's it's crazy to think about because everyone was ripping into the Red Sox for making that trade, and rightfully so. I feel like that they didn't. While they did get some good prospects, who in the long term will help that team rebuild. Um, it, I definitely think Mookie Betts is worth more because he's he's definitely a top five player in the MLB. But I mean, looking at it now, the Red Sox are probably like, we just made the greatest deal of our lives, you know? We give it in because can you imagine? And I'm sure our roommate, um, who's a Red Sox fan, would go crazy if Boston somehow found a way to bring Mookie back. They literally would just be like, yeah, here's Mookie. Let him put on your uniform for a couple months and do some like social media work for you guys and then just come back to Boston and let's go try and win another World Series. It's It's crazy to think about. It really is. So. Like I said, I hope baseball happens. I really do because I miss it, um, and I I just want to go to the Yankee Stadium. It's crazy. Well, I know it's crazy to think about. I was at the last Yankee game and the last last home Yankee game and the last home Giant game this year. And I looking back at that, if you would have told me, yeah, this is the last home Yankee game going into, and there might not be another one until 2021, I would have looked at you like you had four heads. You know what I mean? Oh, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's. I know it is. And I'm just, I'm really worried about the owners. I feel like they're only going to think about themselves when they're, they have more to lose from this um, hiatus, I guess, if you want to call it, because they're not going to be getting the ticket sales. They're not going to be getting the marketing deals. So they're only shooting themselves in the foot. And I just hope they realize that sooner rather than later, because they originally talked about having, the MLB star on July 4th, which what better opening day would it be than having opening day on the 4th of July? I don't think that can get any more patriotic. No, I mean, besides the Nathan's hot dog eating contest, which what's going to happen with that? (laughs) What is going to happen with the Nathan's hot dog eating contest? I need answers from the MLE. Please, if anyone, which this is the first episode of a podcast that no one will probably listen to, but if anyone from Major League Eating is out there, please tweet me. I don't know my Twitter handle. I'm pretty sure it's Chris underscore Fernicola or something like that. Please tweet me and be like, it's going to happen. Joey Chestnut's going to eat 75 hot dogs on the 4th of July. Because I need to know that. And I care about that more than a, more than a lot of other things. I need to know the answer on what's going to happen with the Nathan's hot dog eating contest. I don't care. Even if you ship cameras, do it draft day style. And just ha- have Joey Chestnut put 100 hot dogs on a plate for him. And just have everyone else, but I just need that Joey Chestnut focus of him just woofing down hot dogs. He's going to break a world record again because he does it every single year. Dude's a monster. Oh, man, that's the one thing I'm going to miss. As much as – Yeah, I just did a, I just did a quick Google search and not to burst your bubble. No. But TMZ, not that, not that no, they're always reliable. No, don't tell me. But they said, they said the contest is in doubt. No. But Joey Chestnut is still Oh, of training. course he's training. So there is I'll some tell hope. you what, that 30 for 30, I thought it was going to be a joke. That is no joke. Did you see that? Highly recommend. No, it was, uh, oh, I forget what it was called. But it was just chronicling the Joey Chestnut uh, Kobayashi 
rivalry, but they did like an interview in Chestnut's house and he like trains his jaw muscles to like chew faster. And it's absolutely insane what he puts himself through and you just got to absolutely respect it. And like, I know some people like look at it and go, Oh my God, that's gross. But like, it's, it's a competition, right? It's a sport. It really is. No matter what you say, it's like, Oh, food's not a sport. Well, it meets the criteria, right? That we learned in freshman year of college, right? Shout, shout, shout out, out. Yeah. oh my god but i i really hope that that happens because that's a tradition in my household of my father and i sit down on the couch and for 10 minutes we watch grown men uh stuff their face i don't get why they don't show the women's they like they just show like highlights from it they never really show the or they compete i forget do they compete together or no i think they compete separately Probably. I think there was. I think they used to compete together, and then they made a women's division, which I oh I forget the chick's name, who who currently hunts that, but she's a beast too. She keeps breaking all like the women's records and stuff, but it's insane. Highly recommend the thirty for thirty, by the way, because as like gross as it is and whatnot, um, it's it's just so interesting, on because there's so much more than just the hot dog eating contest on the fourth of July. That just doesn't get shown because uh, obviously, you know, it probably wouldn't get views and whatnot, but it's insane. And it talks about why the whole falling out with Kobayashi, which I kind of feel for him. I've never seen someone get so excited about. It's just, I grew up with watching it with my dad. It's a, it's a tradition. Um, I'll tell you what, I was the happiest guy in the world when we were out in California working the national championship game and Joey Chestnut walks past and starts having a conversation with me. Like it was absolutely fantastic. It was it was it, I was just oh, gonna it was say one of the coolest moments of my life. I'll never forget your reaction. You're like, Oh my god, I just saw Joey Chestnut. <laughs> Meanwhile, half the people we were with were like, Who? What yeah. is that? And you're like, Oh my god, like he's my idol. I wouldn't call him an idol, but like it was just so cool because you've you know, you've grown out watching this guy and it was just like you're you're out working the national championship for the, you know, college football playoffs. Why the hell is the guy who can shove seventy five hot dogs out of his mouth in ten minutes here? Um but no, it made sense when I was talking about. But he was such an he was such a nice guy, such a nice guy. So. I was surprised how fit yeah, he was. no, well, in the documentary, he talks about that too, his training regimen and stuff. Um, just because that kind of goes along with it, where, um, kind of healthier you are, I guess, the faster you can eat and whatnot. So, but I, I can imagine that after after completing that competition, you feel like complete crap. I would imagine I. My my dad and I still think that after after the cameras are off and everything, they go in the back and stick their fingers down their throat and throw it all up. Um, I should have oh, asked him about that when I saw him. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> I could just imagine his face when you're like, "I have a question for you." Do, do you, you, send you your down your throat do you throw up the hot dogs? So, oh god! Wow, this took a this took a hard right turn. This took a hard right turn. Nothing I is know. off limits for this. As long as it there's no flea flicker is always oh, full yeah. of surprises. Oh yeah. Speaking of surprises, one of our very unique um, segments of this podcast is Chris's million dollar million dollar idea of the week. This originated when Chris and I were both in college, we're roommates for the past three years, and he would always come up with the most random 
ideas that you'd be like, oh my God, I'm going to make a million dollars doing this. And while some of them were crazy, a lot of them did make sense. And we had a lot of intellectual <laughs> conversations about them. Intellectual. I love that. You're making me smarter than I am. <laughs> so I figured why not bring yeah. it to the podcast? Although someone may steal yeah. the idea, which if you do, we will find you. Down. We will track you down Maybe. and find you. But uh, what is your million dollar? Dude, I don't have one this week, to be honest. I got to think about this. This is why this is why we have uh, editing materials, because I'm going to just spitball ideas right now. I still think my my favorite idea, which is completely impossible and impractical, but like I would love to just try it, even though subscription services are like terrible and they don't really make a lot of money, is still a Jersey subscription service and market the hell out of it to to uh, college kids. Just because you go to you go to Darties and stuff and you see people wearing throwback John Stockton jerseys and stuff like that, and you know it's like yeah, I bought I. You know, I'm guilty. I bought a jersey off of, you know, AliExpress and stuff like that just to, you know, just to wear a basketball jersey just because, you do, you know, it's either that or I roll up in a sleeveless tee and I, I'd rather wear a jersey. Um, but the, but think about it. Just the idea is you just have a warehouse full of jerseys and someone pays X amount of money. I think it's like 15, 20 bucks a month. You get a deal going with Nike or whatever whoever the jersey manufacturers are and the person just picks and chooses, and kind of like how netflix was originally you just get one you wear it you watch it you send it back or you don't even have to watch it probably or i don't know we'll worry about that later but then you know you wear go wear it to a party and if it's in good condition ship it back or whatnot and then whatever but obviously there's going to be penalties you know if some chick throws up on it during a party and obviously it's it's worthless and it's like oh yours it's yours now and then if we don't we don't get it back you gotta go on a market um well it's kind of like, like i said it, we would base it off that netflix model where with netflix you could literally just keep the movie as long as you're paying the 15 bucks a month um but like the whole idea is you watch it ship it back and whatnot um so i mean you could do you could roll with that with jerseys that's something that like i thought of but then i'm like Maybe it wouldn't work, but it might. I don't know. That that would. Yeah, especially if, especially if you get fraternities involved. I know we both were in a fraternity, and the majority of our parties, there was at least two or three brothers wearing random jerseys. Where you're like, "Yo, that's dope." So if you get a couple of fraternity, like even just chapters in general, to promote it and to start buying it, I feel like that definitely could blow up, especially around the yeah. season. Now that you bring it up, it makes me. Remember that we should have been to at least two darties yeah. by now, but Corona yeah. kind of killed that. <laughs> but I think it's definitely a good idea. And like you said, you could even have like quote unquote insurance where um, if a jersey does get ruined, you now have insurance like to pay for it or whatever. Yeah. You can add on like stupid little add ons. Like you can get like a championship patch on yeah. if you want. But literally, like. That would just be awesome. Like every party, because I look back and like the one jersey I did buy, I think I wore to a party once, and I never wore it again, just because it was like, eh, you know, it was kind of outdated. It wasn't with it. I was okay. So full disclosure, it was Alonzo Ball UCLA jersey because I was obsessed <laughs> with Alonzo Ball. I still, I still like him, but I was obsessed with that whole big baller brand stuff. I still might buy the shoes. I actually, I don't. They don't make them in my size. I'm pretty sure. I think that's the only reason why I didn't buy them. That and I heard they were pieces of crap. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I wore it to one party and then I was just like, 
and he went he went number two to the Lakers, and Lavar just kind of kind of shut up. And then, which looking back at it, that that draft was crazy, man. Markel Fultz won. Oh man, and what he's in what Orlando now? Jeez, I bro. think so. They said that his shot is completely changed. Well, he had. I'm not gonna believe he had it until the I gifts, see it. Right, that's that was his problem in Philly, right? He just like. He, mm-hmm. I don't know. Look at back at it. Who who was the big name that came out of that? It was. Uh, I'm gonna go look this up. We're gonna. Let's see. What was that? 20, 2017? I believe so. Because like Lonzo is like a decent pro, but I wouldn't say that. You know, looking at a number two pick, it should have been like, oh yeah, no, the best player to come out of that draft is Jason Tatum to Boston at three. How great was oh, that trade? Yeah. The Celtics. Danny Ainge is the man. Donovan Mitchell. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell is going to be a Nick with RJ Barrett. And then we're going to end up with Cole Anthony from North Carolina. That's my predict prediction. Um, I don't know. I saw a lot of, uh, no, Lamello. I don't. Like, I'm <laughs> over it. As much as I love Lonzo, I never liked LaMelo, but <sighs> I don't know. The Knicks seem to be in love with him. They think he's no, a the future. but we don't need him. We don't need him. That and that and Tom Thibodeau being, on the top of your "quote unquote" wish list. Okay, I don't coaches, hate. Which I, I don't hate crazy. That. I don't hate Thibodeau. He's a. I get like his whole whatever, but I'm, I'm not. It is what it is. We gotta try something different because nothing's working. From freaking Derek Fisher to Jeff Hornacek to Fisdale and whatnot. Hey, I like the guy who we have now. I forget his name right now because I he the Knicks haven't been relevant and. I look, he stopped paying attention because they aren't relevant. And I'm just like, oh, I'll wait till the lottery, uh, rip the lottery. When it, When is that supposed to happen? Did yeah. they like give a date or like for any of that? Well, it probably depends no. on like when it is when, or how many teams make the thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. They, I don't think they really know, to be honest with you. And that's another thing with the NBA. These poor rookies, they're now out of – Ball for how long? Yo, I feel so bad for Miles Palancey and Hall. They were going to make a run. This was the year. This was the year. Yeah, okay. This was the year, man. I was so mad. I But I feel I feel so bad for the seniors, for the NCAA, especially oh, yeah. with, like, the guys who are just one and done. It's like you work your ass off. And then it's just like, all right, well, now you can't go try and win a national championship. Oh, and this March Madness was going to be so insane just because the the entire Mm -hmm. uh, season, it was just up and down. So back to your million-dollar idea of the week, Uh, (laughs) the jersey exchange. I think it's definitely a good idea. No one better steal it. I know Fanatics has something similar. Wait, they do? Off of the college model. I know they have it for current players where – if a player gets traded in like 60 days after your purchase or it could even be longer oh, all right. than that. that's okay but that's that's a little different mine's like a straight like rental like you wear it once yeah and just call it like college frat jerseys or something just to come appeal on. to the college no, kids you gotta looking. come up with a better name than that <laughs> uh jerseys are us yeah um i don't know like jersey swap or something i don't know we'll come up with that so yeah. comment i don't know if you can comment on this stuff but if you can comment down below i don't think you can 
so ignore that. But or you you can just tweet me. Yeah, my handle is John at John Cimino, J O N C I M I N O fourteen. Tweet him names and, for my jersey company, which I will then steal and trademark and not give you any money for. We'll give him half. Half of what? Half of a Whatever buck, we make, maybe. It could be twenty-five bucks. We may, oh, yeah. Well, then that that though, that's the whole problem you run into is then you gotta you gotta actually put this into into the process and whatnot, which I I I don't think I'll be doing anytime soon. That's why it's a million dollar idea, and theoretically it can be a million dollar idea. I just don't want to see it through as of right now. Yeah, seems like a lot yeah. of work. So uh, that was our podcast. Thank you for if you're listening by now. Thank you for listening for the past hour and two minutes that we've been rambling. I know it was very um, one topic to the next, and it was a lot of going on tangents about random stuff. But that's why we decided to make a podcast because we love doing that. Yeah. Um. So our plan is to have a podcast or an episode uh, once every week about the latest topics. Um, if there's not that much news, we might go into just overall topics that seem interesting. Like, for example, uh, if there weren't that many topics this week, we could have talked about like SpaceX being a failure this uh, today because of the weather. I wouldn't call it a failure. The problem that with that is, you know, the weather. Like you said, the weather. I wouldn't call it a failure. They're gonna launch on Saturday or Saturday. And the, they said Saturday and then Sunday, and then if it's not Sunday, then it's like June seventh, right? Something like that. Yeah. So. So yeah, that's the first week. Thank you for listening to the Fleet Flicker. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> Stuffs the run. Second down and 10 at the 49. They'll run it again. Flea flicker. Hurts. Wide open. CD in space. CD Lamb still running. Hits a corner. CD for the TD. 51 yards. 